Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I've got Coach Brian Willie with me. Coach Willie is currently a teacher and coach at Fairmont High School in Fairmont, Minnesota, where he serves as the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. Uh, prior to that, he's got a lot of experience coaching quarterbacks and wide receivers at a few different spots. Uh, actually got his coaching career started at Gustavus Adolphus College as a student coach um, and is the founder co-host of the Intentionally Grounded podcast. So, Coach Willie, glad to have you with me. How's everything going on your end? Everything's going great, man. I appreciate you for having me on. Sure, sure thing. So, you know, first question I've got for you, and, and this is something I ask everybody, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the, uh, you know, the role that the offensive line has played uh, in, in some of the successful teams you've had. You know, it's kind of the foundation for everything that we've been able to accomplish the last couple of years, especially here in Fairmont. Um, I myself, again, like you said, had a background in coaching quarterbacks, but as I switched over to the offensive coordinator role and started calling plays, I knew it was important that everything starts up front. And, you know, the first year that we were able to have some success here at Fairmont in my coordinating role, the offensive line really wasn't an area of strength. And we just didn't have the, the guys up front with the prototypical skills that were necessary and then the, the body frame to really get and generate a lot of movement. And that made play calling very difficult and it made executing our run schemes very difficult. And so we were blessed with a lot of great athletes on the perimeter. And so we used that along with a great quarterback to, you know, have some success. But, you know, like in Minnesota, which is similar to most of the other uh, areas around here in the upper Midwest, when it comes to late October and November, the weather gets a little bit risky. And um, <laughs> that's just putting it lightly. And, and so you need to be able to run the football. And, and it was something that we ran into problems with, especially in inclement weather and when the wind starts howling. So uh, we got things, you know, turned around my, my second year. In the last couple of years, we've had some really great offensive linemen up front, and they just control the tempo. I mean, they take great pride in, in being um, the tone setters up front, um, opening up holes, really understanding the schemes that we're asking them to learn. And so, you know, bottom line is they're the heartbeat of, of the of the offense, my you know, standpoint of things. And that's coming from me being a quarterback. And I knew that when I was a player that, you know, the uh, offensive linemen were my – they're my outlet and they're my safety valve. And so learning that, you know, from a player standpoint and now putting it over as a coaching standpoint, you know, I can't say enough about the importance of the offensive line and, and ultimately how they really drive our success. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and you, you hit on a couple of real good key points there and, you know, control and, 
and uh, uh, you know, just making sure that that they're kind of on the same page with everybody. Um, you know, my first question kind of you kind of alluded to it a little bit. You're a wide receiver and quarterback by trade. How, you know, what sort of what were all of the uh, all of the moving parts that made you want to get into coaching the offensive line, and and how were you able to handle that transition? Um, into into moving into the you know uh, an offensive line spot well when I got promoted to offensive coordinator uh, one of the things that I did was I just talked to some of the mentors that have uh, really helped me out throughout my career and one of those happens to be here in Fairmont um, himself which is the uh, my cousin Andy Trado uh, when he was the offensive coordinator here at Fairmont he had a lot of success and he himself is a um, quarterback running back by trade and he let and one of the biggest things he said to me at the beginning doing all this is that if you really want to take ownership of this offense and really understand the heartbeat of it and the ins and outs of it, you're going to want to take control of that offensive line because that's mm -hmm. where it's all going to start. And so at that point, I was like, yeah, that sounds like something that'd be really, really good to do. And so I was, I was holding hundred percent bought into it, but then I realized how unprepared I was to coach <laughs> the position. Right. So uh, lucky for me, I got this promotion in probably February uh, of the season before. And so I had about six, seven months to get prepared. And so I was diving into, you know, literature that I could find and buy books, you know, by, you know, coach Trickett and, mm -hmm. um, you know, going on coach tube and, and consuming as much as I can and, and tuning into the hog football chat and, and just consuming as much information as I could, but really the most helpful, you know, piece of work that I got was just by just talking to, you know, people who have influenced my career so far, you know, coach Cosgrove, up at Gustavus Adolphus College has been a phenomenal resource for me, just going through drill work with me. You know, my, co or my cousin Andy, like I said before, he, he had a whole bunch of drills that he taught me through. And then just going and kind of consuming, you know, spring practices as much as I could around the state of Minnesota. Right. Gave me at least a start um, to go into things. And then, you know, from that standpoint, I've just been networking as much as I can. And, you know, you know, and this isn't to sound boastful or anything, but, you know, what I am as an offensive coach, I'm a self-made offensive line coach, and that's 100% attributed to the mentors that I've had um, and the people I've networked with because they've taught me everything that I know. And right. so um, just being able to connect with all those people and then try to find the things that mesh with the philosophy that I believe in, that I feel comfortable teaching, that I know how to fix, and most importantly, know how to communicate to the kids and get them to buy into. So it's been a phenomenal journey. And just to be honest with you, I can't see myself coaching any other position group uh, the rest of my career, you know, God willing, because I've never found a group of men that are probably more selfless than the offensive line, right. take more pride in their work, the offensive line. And then just the community of coaches is phenomenal. I mean, absolutely. And it's, um, it, I've talked about this with a couple guys already. It's, it's, you're coming into such a, a renaissance for the offensive line right now and such a great era for the position. Um, and, and sort of, you know, not to, not to use this, this term kind of, because I see it thrown out there, but for the brand, you know, it's so, um, it's such a, a great time to be a part of it. Uh, what, what was, what was your, what do you think your biggest struggle was making that first transition to the offense line? You know, what was something that you kind of, you know, obviously never playing it, it can be a struggle, but what was something that you really, really kind of, and I don't want to say a weakness, but what was something that was, was really tough that first year no I think you can call it as it is it was a huge weakness of me um, and it was just simply I couldn't figure out how to get my players to develop the skills necessary to execute the scheme 
that I knew they understood, mm-hmm. but couldn't execute. And so, for example, we're a gap scheme team. And so running power and, and counter are very important to us. And I could understand the scheme in and out. I understood aiming points and everything, but we didn't learn the skills and the drills necessary to transfer over to game night. Like I can think back to my first individual sessions you know, during the week and a lot of the drills that I was doing are a collection of drills that are great drills. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't show up on game film. And so, you know, when I'm upset why our guys are getting beat up on a down block and, you know, we're not stopping to run through through the A-gap and power and in pass pro, how our guys are just getting killed on slants and stunts, you know, it comes back to me 100% as not preparing in the right way. Right. And so, you know, it took a lot of selflessness um, on my part to go out and find the help that I needed um, and, and get the help that I know my players deserved. And so, you know, having to take, you know, that, kind of a, an ego check a little bit there and this show that I was a little bit vulnerable, I think was a very big part of my growth as a coach. And um, once I started to learn, okay, this is what the scheme I want to do. These are the drills that will like transfer to film on Friday night. And then I can then use that film to help teach our kids. Right. I think we started to grow a lot more. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's, I mean, it, it's, it's, all of us as coaches at one point or another think we know everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and then at some point we all think we don't know anything. So uh, for you to kind of be able to take a step back and say, look, I need to work on this and I need to fix this the most is, is, is really a, you know, it's a testament to you as a coach. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of switching gears back to your college experience, uh, you know, you were a player for two years at Gust- uh, Gustavus Adolphus um, and then transitioned to a, a student coach. Um, Talk to me about that transition and, and, you know, again, kind of the struggles you had with that and, and, and sort of what made you um, make that leap. So when I came in, um, you know, I wasn't greatly recruited. Um, mostly my connection to a lot of the Mayak schools around here was, um, you know, just family ties and just networking throughout, you know, our families and, right. and throughout the area. And so when I came in as a quarterback, um, about, I went through all of fall camp, and about week two of my freshman year, um, after our second game of the season, um, I was just, you know, a person who's going to be on the junior varsity, but I remember not feeling well after our game, um, and I had some stomach issues and some stomach pains, and it lingered over days, and the next thing I know, I'm in the operating room, I'm getting my appendix out for an appendectomy, and so, you know, I had never thought that that would be something that would lay me up for an entire year but you know my doctors told me you're gonna have to take it a little slow in your recovery well through talking through my you know options with my head coach Jay Shannonbeck he kind of let me know that you know if football is something that's important to you you might want to just take your time get yourself right get the strength back up and then use this as a medical red shirt year and so Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good idea and so I took the rest of my freshman year and basically just consumed as much as I could from the meeting rooms, uh, watching you know, great quarterbacks in front of me like Jordan Stolp and Andrew Valen just showing me the ways of how you do things. And so basically my first year was a, a medical red shirt and just a kind of a, a learning year. Well, by season two, um, you know, I wasn't having the most success at quarterback. I was kind of buried on a, on a depth chart. And so the coaches approached me with an opportunity to move to wide receiver, which was awesome. I really appreciated learning all those different intricacies and, and started working my way up and learning some things that way as well. And then unfortunately for me, uh, the summer of my sophomore uh, season, in the off season, I, I had an injury to my back. And at that point, the injury wasn't anything, anything significant that's career ending by any means, but um, it was significant enough where it was going to lay me up for about a month or two. And so right. at that point, I, don't, I can't tell you what divine intervention or whatever, 
Um, but I just started asking myself, do I really want to do this again? And do I want to continually be behind the eight ball and put the work necessary it is to get playing time? Because I understood it was a grind. I understood it was a 365-day commitment, and I just didn't feel like if I couldn't give my full commitment to the team that I could look my teammates in the eye and say that this is something I'm committed to. And so at right. that point, we actually had a coaching change to Stavis, um, and Coach Peter Haugen came in to replace uh, the retiring of, of Coach Schinnebeck. And so he was shifting offenses around. I was going to be moving to tight end. And I remember calling up Coach Haugen and just saying, hey, listen, this isn't something that you know I want to do, but I think it's something that's probably best for me in my academic and coaching career and going forward is I, I don't want to play anymore. I was wondering if you'd let me be a coach. And he was 100% on board at that. He wanted me to be a part of the program as much as possible just to build that community. And so – after I did that, it was interesting because now I'm being thrust into coaching wide receivers all by myself because we don't have a staff at Division Three, where you can have a full-time position coach at every single position. Right. And so here I am as a 20 to 21-year-old coaching guys that are older than me, but also guys that I was working with that are younger than me and are being thrust into a role that I was very uncomfortable with. Um, I'm kind of a shy individual at first. Um, I'm pretty reserved, and so I had to get outside that comfort zone. And so doing that helped me become so much more comfortable in my own skin. It made me so much more uh, aware of how important it is to prepare yourself for all the drills you need to do, all the coaching points you need to do, all the questions you possibly could be asked by your players, and that everything is in the details. And that all through that, I started learning just little things and picking up. And the other thing I, I learned that was probably the, one of the most profound things was that sometimes the players know more than I do. And you got to be humble enough to recognize that. And right. so – I learned so much more from those guys who are so much more experienced at the wide receiver position than I was. And by the time I, I left Gustavus, I was the part-time uh, wide receivers coach. I felt pretty confident in my, my philosophy and my, um, my coaching ability. But again, that first year was an eye-opening experience just because I'm thrust into an experience that I wasn't prepared for, but I learned by having great people around me. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, and that's, that's such a great lesson for anybody that's listening that, you know, is, is, is a, a young coach or trying to get in, you know, some, sometimes you are going to have to be humble enough to ask questions and to learn from everybody that's involved with your position or your, your, your football team. So um, it's important that, you know, you understand and you know that again, like we talked about earlier, you don't know everything right, right. You know, at, the, at the time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good to, to, to have those moments of, of kind of, uh, uh, you know, humility where you can learn from, from everybody. But, uh, you know, kind of the last question I've got for you uh, before, before we finish up is uh, talk to me. You know, I'm very new to the podcasting game, and, and you're kind of a, an old pro at it. Uh, talk to me about how you got started in that and, um, you know, kind of what your goal and what your vision was for, you know, for starting that. So, well, it's kind of couplefold. Um, to be kind of upfront, the first thing that inspired me was, was Coach Ron Mackey. I'm sure people are familiar with him, but just watching and listening to him explain the game of football, I loved it. I, I couldn't consume enough of it. And so I wanted to find a way to network with guys like him as much as I possibly could. And so that was part of my first motivation was that I wanted to network with like-minded coaches who just consume the game of football and could talk about it year-round. And so I figured out, well, one way you could do that is go into clinics. Well, Unfortunately, up in Minnesota, there's only so many clinics you can go to within about a two-hour driving time. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to find ways to connect with coaches so I could have a, like a, a glazier experience or a, a clinic experience 
as often as I wanted. And so that's one of the reasons I started pursuing podcasting. And the other thing was at the time I started intentionally grounded, I was going through some stuff with our family. Um, my wife and I were in the process of starting a family and things weren't going as well as we wanted to. And one of the things that they suggested to us um, in doing that was to find something that I could commit myself to that would take my, my mind and my pressure off things. And so I thought, is there a way that I could give back to the coaching community by simply being a connector of information? Right. Um, and through other people's experience, let them, the smarter, the more experienced individuals, teach the game of football and just let me be a connector, bringing in a community of people together. And luckily enough, as I was doing that, a guy on staff here in Fairmont, uh, John Kesselring, my co-host, he wanted to do the exact same thing. And so next thing you know, we're putting things together and we're, uh, we're starting a podcast. And our first guest was Adam Fisher up in Farmington. And I remember the first time we did a podcast, I'm recording it off of my phone. I had downloaded this app that records the phone conversation and we're hovering over this small little microphone and trying to make it sound. <laughs> it, was, it was a gong show kind of uh, right. the best way to put it. And then as we kind of got more experience in this and got some equipment that helps us out a little bit, it's just been a great great uh, experience for us. And, you know, our goal with it is not to make money. I mean, our goal with it is not to put ourselves on the map. Our goal is to connect coaches and connect information to people and, right. and put it all in one spot. And so, you know, I appreciate guys like you doing things like the hog football chat and doing this podcast because you're part of that movement too, that fraternity of people who are just connecting the coaching world together to share information and share coaching points. And I, I got to say, I've probably grown more just listening to other coaches and, and participating in you know, things like the hog football chat more than I probably ever did when I went to a coaching clinic. Um, and so I can't say enough about it. It's been fun. I, I've met a lot of cool people. Um, right. I, for example, I you know, met Jerry kill. I got to meet coach Gary Pinkle here. Um, we're going to get to talk with coach um, Jim Tressel here in the next week or so, which I'm pretty oh, wow. excited about. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, again, those doors got open to us fortunately because we were given a platform. Um, with intentionally grounded here and we're excited to see where it's going to go with things and I can happily say now that you know while this did this intentionally grounded was the thing to start can keep my mind off things it's weird that once you kind of put your mind off of things and focus on what's important in your life everything else takes care of itself and so intentionally grounded took care of itself my family piece of things took care of itself I'm now blessed with a beautiful young eight-month-old daughter um, I mean, I just couldn't be more thankful for the situation that I'm in and, and the people that I, I work with, including John Kessler. I couldn't do this without him. And I want to say again, you know, before we wrap things up here in a little bit too, you know, Tony, I really appreciate all the things you do at the Hog Football Chat and, and Coach, you know, Jack as well. You guys do a great job, a great service. And uh, I want to thank you from everybody out here in the coaching community. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And, you know, you're, you, guys are, you guys are doing just as, as good of things and, and, you know, keep kind of keep doing what you're doing and, and, and keep um, – keep this fraternity and keep these, you know, these coaching relationships and networks alive, because that's kind of, like you said, that's what it's all about. So uh, you know, kudos to you. And, and that's awesome. Um, Thank you. So last question I've got for you, coach. And, and this is the, the tough one. Uh, you know, you've been coaching for a while. If you could, if you could put together a, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen um, through guys you've coached or been around or uh, just guys that you're fans of, who would be on that Mount Rushmore? What, what five names? Well, I'd have to start with Randall McDaniel. I think he oh, might be nice. one of the greatest. I think he might be one of the greatest interior offensive linemen um, that I've ever seen. And I grew up a, a dedicated Minnesota Vikings fan, which is both a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> but Randall McDaniel team was the gold standard growing up, so he'd have to be on there. Okay. Um, 
Coach Bill Bedenbaugh, uh, however you want to pronounce it, from Oklahoma, uh, he's up there too. Uh, I had the privilege to go down to Oklahoma and, and go through some spring ball stuff with him last year. And the guy is just such an open resource book um, for me. And just watching how, you know, he learned from Hal Mummy, you know, up in the formation of the air raid stuff. And then mm-hmm. kind of how he's gone through all the different stops. And Oklahoma football is probably my favorite offense to watch right now, just with everything. And so Coach Biedenbaugh would have to be up there coaching-wise. Uh, Coach Charlie Cosgrove up in Gustavus has to be one. He's just such a great mentor for me. Um, he himself was a defensive lineman, a pretty accomplished one in high school and, and in college as well. And his transition to offensive line and, and being a very good coach at Gustavus is definitely one there as well. Um, and then the other one, shoot, uh, you know, I, I always think, you know, back to, again, I probably watch way too much, you know, Vikings and, and Gopher stuff, so I'm probably <laughs> a little bit skewed there. But, you know, Matt Burke was always somebody that I, yep. I really admired just from a center standpoint. You're just so intelligent, so smart in, in how he breaks down the Har- game. Harvard educated. Harvard educated, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's just – he's seemed to make the game so simple and so smart and um, – I really kind of appreciate all those things that, that he had to share with everybody. So yeah, uh, I'd say those four up there, but I know I'm probably leaving some guys off at the second I get off this podcast. I'm gonna <laughs> That's all right. Guys as well. That's all right. It's, it's been, we've gotten a different, a different name from everybody. So that's great. Um, well, coach, I appreciate you coming on uh, before we get out of here. Do me a favor, drop, uh, drop your Twitter handle, drop the, uh, the podcast handle um, and let anybody else know, you know, any other information you want them to, to, to hear. So our podcast is intentionally grounded. Um, our website is www.igfootballcoach.com. We release a, a podcast every Wednesday, and we also have a YouTube channel that you can just simply search "intentionally grounded," where we host all of our online coaching clinics, um, which has a, quite a few offensive line coaches as well. My uh, Twitter handle is bwill15. That's B E E W I L. 15. Don't ask me why I have that as a Twitter handle. Brian Willie was already taken. So that's the next <laughs> thing they gave me. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. And, and if you guys have any questions, I'm an open book, happy to clinic with you, happy to talk with you and just give back to the coaching fraternity. That's given so much to me. Awesome coach. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me today and uh, you know, hopefully you guys are staying healthy and, and staying safe and um, you know, we'll see you. We'll see you on the other end of this thing. Absolutely coach. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...